<laughs> oh, this is going to be a journey. This is going to be a journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to an end podcast bonus episode. And yes, you read the title correctly. This week we're going to be discussing the pejorative <laughs> and ossified Eternals film. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of it, I'd just like to remind everybody the episodes are spliced and uploaded to YouTube. And if you're listening to this on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, then you've not heard the video yet. So it wouldn't hurt you to click it. And then if you don't really fancy it by the end, you can always unclick it. But I'm just saying, do it now. Why waste the time? Why put yourself through all that stress and bother of trying to worry about whether you like it or not and just click it. And then down the line, you can think this guy's just an arsehole and unclick it whenever you want to. So we are also on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We do reviews on Twitter and we post art, not our own the most deliciousness of all comic book art from all various publishers and titles and that's on instagram we are the end underscore pod the end underscore pod <laughs> and if you want to find us on other outlets the end is quite overpopulated and you'd be better searching for spank media that's me and all my various tendrils of content which is basically extends to what I've just told you about. So don't worry about it. Just search for Spank Media. It's a lovely black and white logo. It says the end. And right, with me today, I don't know what you're thinking. It ain't Tim in a dress and a ponytail. <laughs> it delights me to say this week again, we've got Tara. Tara, how are you? I'm just fine. How are you, Matt? <laughs> you know, excited to get this underway, but also terrified. <laughs> it is going to be an interesting one today. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking we spoke about June this morning and I'm going to talk about it probably more than I attended in, in the review of Eternals. Oh, by the way, everybody, spoilers and bad language. If you don't like that, then yeah, fuck off somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your chance. <laughs> yeah, you missed it already. <laughs> I'm a rascal. There's no two ways about it. But yeah, I think <laughs> when uh, with June, I was thinking we should do an episode on June because it's so good. I and think. then I thought to myself, all I'd say is this is amazing for an hour when it's an unfamiliar property like June as it is to most people. When you see it, it's kind of like it's good. The characters are good. It looks great. The action's great. The dialogue's great. The duo looks great. The monologue's great. It's just a list of things that are great. And structurally, I there was a part of that film, and I know we're not doing the June review, but there's a part of that film. Was there, I'm going to ask you, was there a part of that film where you stopped and went, is this the best fucking film ever made? Seriously. <laughs> least, yeah, so much so. I At the end of it, and I'm so harsh on my 10 out of sorry, I'm totally asking you a question then telling you what I thought. But at the end of it, I went on IMDb, and I'm a really harsh rater. Four is watchable, and as opposed to what most people might think seven is watchable. 
So for me, for a 10, it's got to be like the best ever or the first to do something. And usually I've got to watch something like five, 10 times before I'll agree with myself over a 10 rating. Mm -hmm. My finger just hovered over it. And I was like, mm -hmm. it just feels like a 10. It, it, just, it was so good. But yeah, I would really struggle to speak for an hour about it. Whereas Eternals, Jesus, dude, it has good elements, but they are few and far between. And I have got so much to say about this. Well... <laughs> You're not alone. I think I went into it with more excitement than you did, possibly conflated with the excitement of actually being in a real theater for the first time since the pandemic. Yes, yes, yes. To be fair, that was quite an experience. Apparently, I was so excited, it, it made me go to sleep. <laughs> but okay, that's a different part of the later, discussion. So. Yeah, more <laughs> on that later. So I did go in, you know, thinking I'm going to see this thing and it's going to be yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. I found some positives, but I had to look for the positives. The other things slapped me in the face. Talking about expectations. I mean, that's what that's what we have, expectations right. as opposed to <laughs> expectations. As I said in the introduction, there was a pejorative and almost ossified response to it. Everybody now weaponizes pre-sales. They weaponize opening mm -hmm. box office. They weaponize Rotten Tomatoes. But for nine out of 10 films, word of mouth is a much better barometer the longevity of it the drop off from weekend one and we're also in really uncertain times whereby god i said uncertain times <laughs> i thought Is that, that a big no-no yeah well you know in these uncertain times when football clubs cut all their stuff in these uncertain times we felt right. and like politicians would reel it out in these uncertain times we feel that the nhs does not deserve, whatever so like in the last Six months of the theatres gradually reopening internationally. We don't have any barometers. And I was the same thing with Shang-Chi when people were saying it was a success. I was like, right, but it's still in the bottom four openings for an MCU film. Right. Fast and Furious did a little bit better. Black Widow didn't. We've also got the VOD day in day release. So it's like saying I'm offended. Well, good for you. Like if you think you're allowed to go through life with nothing upsetting you, then how fucking entitled are you? Right. Good. Good. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the only thing I want to add to it is I think we both were very happy about the inclusion in the film, oh, but 100%. that doesn't make it a make it a woke film. When something's a success, it's only did it for that reason, or when something's not, not a success, true, it's you didn't like it because of that reason. It means nothing. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, one of the successes of this film was its inclusion, was its Absolutely. diversity. Was the human element what didn't work for it was everything else. It was a hodgepodge mirage clamped together. So I'm reading my notes, I'll cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I won't. <laughs> it's good for people to hear us laugh. So I've not had as much success with the MCU as most people have. I thought Shang-Chi was a lethargic bore. I think for the same reasons that this film was, except Shang-Chi did its action sequences in the opening act a lot better mm -hmm. and people were more forgiving of the final act than I was so that second act drudgery was forgiven where in this it was exemplified because the rest of the film was again a lethargic drudgery the fact that I was unexcited was excitement in itself because I thought to myself well, when was the last time that you went to see an MCU film where you weren't like pissing in your shoes on the queue, in the queue for your tickets. Like right, you can't wait. Yeah. So I was like, do you know what? Like maybe they've got this wrong. Maybe I'm going to sit down and I'm going to love this. And the first 15 minutes was fantastic. It had that MCU trope of the opening set piece. 
That was beautiful. Yeah. It was great. The whole Camden part until <laughs> let me get the cast list up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have prepared them. Yeah, Sprite. When Sprite was casting the illusion that she was an older lady and then yes, the man touched her and then she, she revealed her, her true form. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, I thought, shit, we've got a film on our hands here. It reminded me of the Scotland scene in Infinity War, where it was Vision and Wanda, and they were just right. in the streets of Scotland. And then all of a sudden this threat appeared, the Black Order, because they changed their names from the comics. Steve Rogers just appears in that, oh mm-hmm. my, I'm scared. Honestly, that film, Tara, I still to this day, <laughs> oh my God, I, it's just perfection. <laughs> But, so I pierced my own ears then with that squeal. But, <laughs> but the opening was akin to that. It was on this, probably because I can identify it because they were both um, very atypical, traditional, old town English cities with the cobbled mm-hmm. streets, with the canal, with the train station that is sort of like Victorian, but it's been, um, had the, the, the modern elements added to it. I could relate to it for that reason. I thought, yes, here we go. But from that part onwards, it took me a while to question it, but I was fidgeting in my seat and I just thought, you know what? I don't think this is actually that good. And it didn't take very long after that first 15 minutes. The first 15 minutes went really quickly. And then the next time I checked my watch to see if we were almost at the end, even though there was a lot left to happen and we were only an hour end into it and I thought how on earth can we only be an hour in yeah because of how much slower that next section felt and also I didn't know at any point of the film if we were nearing the end because you couldn't tell it kind of ended and then again we've talked about this in the past with the amount of postscript and I was like are we an hour and a half in are we two and a half hours in and Mm -hmm. I've got to admit part of this was because there's two things (laughs) I've Mm -hmm. only fallen asleep in three films first one was the second time I watched Doctor Strange having gone to the midnight showing and then gone to work at mid at at nine o'clock and then seen it after work the second one was Shang-Chi because again second act (laughs) drudgery and and then again with this I actually did something that I'm not proud of but it was <laughs> shortly after that sex scene. And by the way, I've never seen two more static people making the sweet, sweet art of love. It was, okay. It was just it wasn't a back. Just me. It was okay. just a back. <laughs> That's all it was. It was just a static back with a nude woman, maybe. It could have been a sex doll. It <laughs> just felt think- so obligatory. I've read something that said it was the first love scene. And I'm like, wait, all the other ones have been in my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean like the rest were from chemistry yeah, and yeah. I was like wait it can't have been the first one because oh no that was in my head and oh no that was in my head too but well, this one didn't spark my imagination the same well way. it depends if you include the Axel Braun porn parodies into your MCU wa- uh, rewatch good, because really good point <laughs> which I do now as a matter of because they are canonically important <laughs> okay so when is the watch party because I have not seen them <laughs> <laughs> right now if you if I close my eyes it's, it's now <laughs> yeah but I can't get in there with you so oh <laughs> you've been running through there all day my dear <laughs> you're actively participating don't you worry uh... one bit <laughs> right but what happened was 
<laughs> I was waiting for a moment where I thought there's just going to be a bit more talking. I don't want to miss the jokey bit, but I also don't want to miss any action. So I waited hey. until, you know, the fight in the forest when, is it Galgamesh gets... Yes. Gets, oh, that's um, near when I nodded, though, because we were close to the same time. No, that's exactly the same as me. I nodded off and I woke up as I was standing around him. And as I woke up, I thought to myself, this seems like an opportune moment to go for a piss because they're going to be frowning a lot about this guy dying. <laughs> and there's going to be like a, you know, like um, a... Sort of reckoning. A, an epilogue <laughs> to the scene. Right. And I... I thought, right, let's go for a pee. So I went for a pee. I had a luxurious sit-down one, as a man of leather <laughs> as I am. And then I get up and I think, oh, shit, this is probably taking me a bit longer than I expected. I appreciate I, the details. Let me just I tell you. Darted, <laughs> I darted into the screen that I thought and I sat down. And li- honestly, because the, because, because the script is so dull and repetitive, it's just basically a team of 10 people standing around gazing into the distance wondering about their feelings and why they're all miserable it's like there's no there is alone in the room together so (laughs) i didn't identify that i'd already seen this film until five minutes later i resaw the sex scene and i was like are they doing this in flashback or then i realized i was in the wrong actual wrong screen because of the 15 minute staggered start times or half an hour, just... whatever it was. <laughs> Honestly, and this is one of the things, right? Let's not get too much into into all that. Let's let's get back to our <laughs> let's get back to our initial thoughts. But but but, <laughs> but I just it's just like tokenistic of the whole film. It it wasn't even bad. It was no, just it wasn't. boring, and that was even worse like I just felt it made me nothing. sad. I went in yeah. feeling nothing, but I came out dead on the inside oh so it wasn't just me I thought I was having an emotional issue I came out dead <laughs> on the inside I'm so totally serious I came out dead on the inside too like hurt I thought it was beautiful I know that you didn't like the costume the art direction as much as I did or the mm. costuming or any of that but I thought the palette was beautiful I thought I guess I kept thinking if I saw this uh, this art in a book I would love it yeah. You know what I, mean? yeah. I was thinking of it that I way. Did. I was going backwards. So I enjoyed that part. I thought it was beautifully shot, but I just, that would have been so much, done so much more justice in a different format than trying. Because I, I kept thinking, how did so much fit into so little of a space and feel so stretched mm. out all at the same time? That is an absolutely brilliant point, Tara. Grace Randolph has referred to it as screensaver the movie. Oh, that's perfect. Film was maybe shot at dusk. Like, I didn't feel like there was any vibrancy to it. It was as dreary and as apathetic as the script, the plot, the cast, and the direction. On the cast, and again, we're going to get into June comparisons because I think it's really, really, really important to use that as a benchmark. One, because the sort of neighbourly distance between the release dates. Two, because of the length of the films. And three what they were trying to um, achieve June Mm. was supposed to be don't get me wrong I fucking love June and I don't Mm. listen to reviews now I don't look at any of the breakdowns until after I've seen it oh that was fun this is what people thought were going to happen and this is what other guys 
thought right. about the film. I mean, it was impossible to ignore the Eternals thing. If you are, especially with doing a podcast, you have to keep your finger on the pulse. Otherwise, you're never going to get a podcast out. That's so true. The Eternals, mm-hmm. same with Spider-Man. Like, I feel like I don't even need to see the film. It's just going to be, okay, so we knew that was coming sort of thing. So we're checking with, things off, yeah. Exactly <laughs> right. So with June, when I started listening to the impossible task of an incoherent and hideously miasmic story that has so many layers in, and uh, machinations behind it, it was supposed to be impossible to convert. And mm-hmm. afterwards, knowing that, wow, mm-hmm. I thought, how? How did something so close to perfection and it's only half a film there's no it's like the end of the first lord of the rings whereby they've run off in the distance so you're just like i really want to know where they're running to (laughs) right i was ready to rewatch it right that second yeah i was not dead inside i was ready and it looks so elegant and the art production the set Mm -hmm. design the costumes Keep in mind how much of it was beige, too, by necessity. Yes, yes. And that didn't bother you or make you feel monotonous or anything. (laughs) And the amount of times that you felt like it was almost like a digital photograph fixed in one position. And it was watching people, almost like golems, acting in this. What we have is something that was so contrived that was reduced to something so perfect. And we have something in the Eternals that clashed idea with execution and it made mm-hmm. a simple and don't get me wrong and this people need to get on board with this this is an mcu film it has all the characteristics it has Absolutely. all the storyboards the only difference between this and other ones is it takes itself too fucking seriously and instead of jokes and camaraderie it has sullen motherfuckers standing around frowning at each other feeling sorry for each other that's mm-hmm. the only difference the downtime isn't executed similarly so when you take as obviously successful as the MCU, they have a formula. And yes, you have to think of the formula, but that's how we got Guardians of the Galaxy. That's how we had Civil War. That right. To contrive it so much that it is, it's not even complicated. It's, oh, no, let's, let me rephrase that. It's not even confusing, overtly complicated to satiate its own intellect. And I think there's only two types of people that are 100% on board with this. There's people that are MCU stands. So I'm trying to find the fucking note. (laughs) 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 And a really good line. (laughs) People that are MCU stands, they didn't like the criticism, so they were going to love it no matter what. Or it's people that are connoisseurist, the emperor's new clothes, that they want to go and see something that's sophisticated. And if I enjoy this sophistication, that means I'm sophisticated. I understand it, therefore I'm smart. I got it. You clearly didn't get it because I like this film. And then there's the Venn diagrams. Yes, the Venn diagrams. And it's a heavily overlapping Venn diagram where it's people that love the MCU and also there's people that like to think I was smart enough to get it. Really, there wasn't that much to get. No, and that was the disappointment, I think. I wanted there to be more to get. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is that fair to say? Absolutely. It's quite funny, actually. I read this week that Kevin Feige, one of the only inflammatory or derogatory things he's ever said is, 
um, they asked him, you know, who, who he'd like to have back. And, he's, and he openly said, I'd even have Josh Wedden back, but there's one person that we would not entertain, and that's Edward Norton. Oh, damn. He took over American History X as an actor. But he's, he sees himself as a writer, director, auteur, producer, uh, scriptwriter, okay. and he commandeered the project to the extent that the actual director wanted his name stricken from the oh, that's final why. thing. Yeah. I didn't know that was why. I always wondered why, because I love that movie. But Edward Norton won an Oscar for American History X. I thought he did a good job in it, but I didn't know the background part. So he rolls up to the MCU, and the MCU on Marvel Studios on even on the behemoth that we're on now. They're on like their second film, Incredible Hulk, right? Right. And he's going and swinging his dick around. And <laughs> yeah. So, and quite a big one it is, apparently. And <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> King Dong. <laughs> <laughs> War of the Monster. <laughs> there can and, be only one. We yeah. have to steal the Highlander tagline for that. Exactly. And I think, <laughs> though, with Chloe Zhao, that they appointed her before she won the best Oscar. Now she is similarly somebody that wants the auteurist um, control. And, and apparently, talented. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that in the way that... You want me to wait or add my little thing about that? No, no, just wait, just wait, just okay. wait, baby. Just wait, baby. Okay. I'm almost there. Okay. there, baby. I'm almost okay. there, baby. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, <laughs> In the same way that Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck were basically given no screenwriting capital for the cosmic stuff in Captain Marvel, and they were given only permission to write the down-to-earth stuff, make it funky, make it 90s. I think with Chloe Zhao pre-Oscar win, they thought they were going to have someone that they could be very prescriptive to, when in yes. actual fact, she's won an Oscar, and now she's taking over the editing process. Taika Waititi said it brilliantly. I said to them, you guys, no, I'm not going to do an express. You get to get my start, Jim. He said, you guys, you guys take care of the action sequences. I'll take care of the tone. James Gunn said, yep, I only have 45 minutes of my own scripts in Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's an MCU movie with these characters. If I can't make it work in 45 minutes, then I don't deserve to be doing it. I mean, it worked with Ryan Coogler. And it worked with Taika Waititi. And mm -hmm. I think it failed to a large extent with Scott Derrickson because he also got too big for his boots and tried to commandeer Doctor Strange too. And what's he really done? He's done sinister. He is in no position to be telling Marvel what sort of film. Out. No, yeah. exactly not. And if you want to jump off ship, jump fucking off ship. They, they'll get, a, they'll get um, Sam Raimi on board to direct right. it. Right. Well, yeah. and, and another angle on the scene, I wonder if there's some sort of way that they mentor people into MCU, like what it is to be an MCU film, so they don't get carried away with their own visions alone. Yeah, I think that would have helped in a case like that. Well, this. this is a funny thing. Um, Josh Wedden said when um, Feige turned up to set on Age of Ultron, and he said, wherever you are, that's where the problem is. Saying yeah. he knew he was in trouble, I guess, at that point. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I've read um, interviews, well, I've watched from the actual lady's mouth with Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said that she was having like almost daily rows over the script. And I thought that like was, her. I thought that was peculiar. But then when I realized she was fridged within 30 minutes, I was like, oh, did you not know? Yeah. You kind of take it on the chin, don't you? Going back to June, that cast is so new and so evocative and so hip. Chamolet, mm -hmm. Batista, 
old Aquaman. Momoa. Momoa. A-list. And Javier Bardem. I just messed oh up. Oh my God. Oscar Isaac. Everyone oh my God. I love him. Perfect. Oh yes. my God. Like I could Every time over. someone walked on the screen, I was just like, yeah. oh. <laughs> but this to me looked like, do you know when you've got has been actresses like Nicole Kidman and like Reese Weatherspoon? If they were to be in a film, they've got absolutely zero draw. But as soon as you put them on a banner ad for a Netflix show, it's wow, huge. Nicole it's Kidman, huge. Reese Weatherspoon, um, Old Aniston from Friends. These are not actresses <laughs> that had a Hollywood career. But I don't when want you to laugh at you saying that. But it's so true. <laughs> I know, I can't help it. I only speak the truth. <laughs> 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 but it's true. But when you put them on a banner, Netflix, Amazon Prime, they have gravitas again. Absolutely. This whole cast struck me as premium streaming service TV series. They could kick ass on that. And it probably should have been a TV series. Well, then there wouldn't have been that feeling of like so much and too little at the same time. It's the thing for me, right? This is one of the things that stood out to me. And it's one of the most iconic film scenes I can ever, ever remember. And you are not going to know what's coming. I guarantee you, I could give you a thousand guesses. You'll never get it. At the end of of Predator 2, Danny Glover is in the spaceship and he's Mm -hmm. fought this, this big bad Predator He's killed the bitch. And then the, the predators coming out. And out of respect, they don't kill him because he's taken one of their own. And one yeah. of them walks up to him and they give him a Civil War gun. In that one act, that said to Danny Glover, we have been here for 500 years and we will be here for 500, 500 more. more. Yeah. X-Men Origins, the, one of the best things about that film, Wolverine X-Men Origins, is the montage at the beginning with him and Sabretooth going through all the different eras. Wow, was that good. Yeah. I felt like we gained nothing from the flashbacks in this at all. It was just repetition of information. Mm-hmm. The whole of the rest of the MCU that we've seen, it was like, well, not really. Yeah, because that's the other issue that I kept seeing brought up that I wasn't thinking about when I was in the moment of watching the movie is if they had all this power to decide when they were going to break the rules, yeah. did they not break them? For the things that happen to the other beings. There's a black man in it, a black man and a gay man. And yet he allowed 140,000 Kenyans to be in concentration camps worse than the Nazis in the British Empire. He allowed right. 3.6 million people to be bartered over and sold and taken from Africa. What I, what, and what annoys me the most, Tara, is when they try to address them, but they just do it in a line, like, mm-hmm. Well, why didn't you get involved with Thanos? Well, because because he asked us not to, and we just do what we're told <laughs> until we don't do what we're told, and then we do what we want. It just really depends. It takes seven thousand years, but then we decided that we want to do what we want. Shut up! The reason for it is nothing canonical. It's because when Thanos was um, incepted in the MCU, they didn't know they were going to do an Eternals film. Allow it. Right. Allow it. Let the YouTube nerds sort it out. I don't give a right. fuck. It, but it cheapens it for me. It cheapens it for me. And it's no, like the whole right. thing with that 7,000 years is they've been hidden for 7,000 years. And then probably from the 50, first 15 minutes onwards, they're just like, oh, yeah, hi, I'm an Eternal. How are you guys? Oh, yeah, we're just normal people. Oh, how's it going, Eternal? Yeah, yeah, so I'm 7,000 years old and I've got all these powers. And, you know, don't worry about it. I'm just going to carry on. Yeah, it's we're like, very normal. Here, taste my pie. I made it yeah, by hand. It's just yeah, like, literally. 
Like seven thousand years, you ain't revealed yourself, and now all of a sudden, it's like a fucking flasher in Hyde Park. <laughs> right, that's so true. It's just mad. <laughs> and tell you, I know we said the sex scene were terrible, but I want to tell you that the triangle hero pose when they all drift into perfect formation. <laughs> My God, that was saccharine. I just thought, for fuck's sake, this is this is now getting to like, this is even worse. This is basically the end. I mean, I don't want to know what you think about this. This is the MCE, MCU's DCEU without all the black smoke and fire. I think you're on to something right there. And yeah, you're right. They drift to. into the post. <laughs> <laughs> they do drift into the pose like it. I mean, that was the real porn of the movie right there. It wasn't the sex scene. Yeah, when they all, oh my God, you have to feel for Nanjiani, don't you? He spent all that time getting oh. ripped and all he does is get his arms out. I think like <laughs> it's gone too far. Like I want to see a strip to the waist attractive woman. Like as much as a lady wants to see a strip to the waist Nanjiani. Like, can we just, I, can, can we just accept that men find women attractive and women find men attractive? I think that's reasonable at this point. And we saw yeah. all the pictures of him online. Exactly. Before and after, but not once did we see anything but his bicep. I know, there were like, five biceps, like, so to be fair. Yeah, but not even a shoulder. Like, not even... Oh, like, oh, he at has least... delicious shoulders. I've seen the photos. They well, are impeccable. Well, you said it first, so I can agree with you <laughs> without sounding like, you know... <laughs> and um... Would you call me... Oh. the? Uh, some some sort of scamp. I can't remember what sort of a scamp I was. Mischievous scamp. I think it was tireless, but both. Tireless, I, yes. <laughs> mischievous and tireless. You are tireless in your mischief. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, at least give the people what they want. Let us, I mean, yeah. if we're going to have it, I mean, let us have the adult experience. And I want I want to see Thor strips of the way. So I can lie to you, like, his cum gutters do a little bit something for me. When I see a man <laughs> in such impeccable condition, like it does make my knees quiver. Like, don't get me wrong, like I think I could probably love another man romantically, but at the thought of a dick in my mouth, where well, I'm drawing the line there. <laughs> <laughs> like I could hug uh, him. I'd like to hug him, but if he starts to do anything else, then this is game over, Thor. Get back to Asgard. I, I wanted a platonic was... physical relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to rub muscles, damn it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. How cringe was Unimind? Very. Both the experience of it... It wasn't or... seeded, and then in the final act, they can't win, and they go, oh, guys, let's use the Unimind. Is anyone else up for some Unimind? Like, they could have done that all along, right? They've changed a lot of names that don't age well, but the Unimind, it just, it's like Saturday morning TV from when I was in single digits. It's, it's cringe. Yeah. And contrary to that, something that wasn't cringe, but I actually struggled very, very hard with the Hiroshima scene where Gilgamesh, Galgamesh, and he regrets giving us oh, nuclear no. technology. Isn't that the and scientist I, instead? Yeah, yeah, let's have a look. And this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. I can remember the guy that could read minds, Druig. I can remember mm -hmm. Kingo, and I remember. Dane Whitman, I couldn't tell you which one Angelina Jolie or Summer Hayek was. The costumes made them look like cosmic Power Rangers, colour-coded. I only noticed that after you said it, I have to be honest. I like the idea of how the threads 
came all around them. Like I like that bit. Yeah. Well, I would have liked, and in their casual clothes, they were all they all wore things from different periods that they'd lived to that they identified with. Yes. I I don't know why the costumes couldn't have been that. That's true. They could have been from any time. That's a good point. Visually, when you color code things, it's it goes back to the Neil Gaiman thing that we've talked about a lot on the podcast, where if you're doing a lot of characters initially the same, give someone a silly hat. Now, the people that I that stood out to me were the ones that had identifiable characteristics but ultimately mm-hmm. despite them all not just being white men which is the obvious identification for me this is in an mm-hmm. mcu with green hawks with blue yondus with guys that are a tree with guys that are a raccoon right. this was the most canonically dull cast the inclusion of the diversity is the best thing about this film and it failed mm-hmm. in spite of it not because of it let's make that clear the visual representation of the characters whereby a diverse by casting were incredibly bland by interpretation. I did have a hard time sorting out everyone's name and their story unless they were one of the names that turns up in a lot of mythology. Exactly right. Like Icarus, you, you wouldn't forget Icarus, Like right? Icarus, right. How do you forget Icarus? Probably. And the reason, main reason I can remember Cersei is because of Game of Thrones. It's not because of this. I mean, <laughs> and, and Dean Whitman, one dating- Kit Harrington. Yeah, and he was like, Cersei! Jon Snow. Yes, that didn't hurt. That was so funny. That was so funny. You had two and a half hours to do this. And I I think that Guardians of the Galaxy is an unfair uh, comparison because that was very much character-driven. This is a very much plot-driven film. Mm -hmm. And with Guardians of the Galaxy, there is a very much show-don't-tell thing. You find out about the characters by the way they behave and the things they say when they interact with each other. Nobody stops and gives a sort of exposition, d- depressing monologue of exposition of their past or or filling mm-hmm. in the gap. Right. Whereas with this, you have two and a half hours to introduce 10 people. It was originally going to be 12, but they decided to cut it down to 10. But by the end, they killed three, hid one, and one chose to leave. So... And I was still confused. Yeah. Another thing, like we said, if they had a miniseries, they would have a chance for us to meet them in ways that made them stand out as individuals in a very different way. And one of the things that really bothered me for that, making people stand out, you have the Black Knight, one of the more complicated characters. If you can imagine mm-hmm. the, the idiosyncrasy in, of Deadpool in a rational mind, that's what you have with- And that's what an introduction that is, right? Who doesn't want all- that? And he was just a sap. He was like an ornament. He was just like, okay, oh, yeah. baby. So, <laughs> so where are you from again? Oh, are these your other friends at Eternals? Oh, that's good. So why didn't you why didn't you fight Thanos? Fuck oh. off. <laughs> Fuck off. Dull Dane. You know nothing, don't <laughs> uh, I thought like there was gonna be this thing where he was like, do you know what? My baby's in trouble. I'm gonna go and get my sword and I'm gonna kick some fucking ass. Yeah, I kept waiting for that too. And but then they even in the post credit scene, he just looks at it. And, and you know that the production was so delayed even before COVID. The script wasn't written when they started. I I'm interpreting okay. that from the things that we said about Chloe Zhao previously mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the difference in approach between her and, and Marvel Studios. The sets weren't finished, and also Dane Whitman's character and uh costume wasn't finalized so they're gonna add it in 3d in post that was okay 18 months ago or two years ago 
but we don't ever see him in his uniform. That post credit okay. scene is the biggest swindle because he never gets the costume. How cool would that have been? And we have generic African-American voice over the top that could be The Watcher, could be Nick Fury, could right. be, apparently it's Blade. Right. But I wouldn't have known it without the help because I was locked in on Nick Fury. 100% Nick Fury with me. Why wouldn't you just have... Look, we had Captain Marvel with a silly wig and too much fucking makeup at the end of um, Infinity Mm -hmm. War. You can just put uh, Mahershala Ali in a suit and a sword and get him to walk on. People would have lost their shit as opposed to scratching their heads. And the other post-credit scene... And I was going to save this till, you know, conclusions or future of the MCU later, but who the fuck is Eros? Who is, <laughs> is Star Fox? Your first stinger is a character that nobody knows outside people that are really up in their cosmic Marvel. Not even their Marvel, their cosmic Marvel from the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s. And people are losing the shit because it's Harry Styles, but nobody knew who that right. was. But, oh, I'm Thanos' brother, by the way, guys. Oh, that was the other insult, right? Because we yeah. didn't step in and help Thanos, did we? But now his brother's here. Yeah, yeah. And the thing with that as well, like... As, I mean, as, not help Thanos, you know what I meant to say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's a okay. concept, though, that the whole point of it was that they needed enough life on the planet to be able to get the celestial out of its core. If they their purpose was to sustain life and they are under the impression of a celestial and the celestials interfering at the end, why would they tell them to stop Thanos? And Thanos right. is half a um or oh, what they called the the bad the baddies. Um the deviants. Oh, uh, deviants, deviants, yeah. I the word. Sorry. Thanos is half <laughs> deviant. That's why he's purple. That's why Eros is like a white dude and he's purple. Thanos is mm-hmm. a deviant. He was interfering. There's an easy way for you to get around this. You mm-hmm. introduce the Eternals between the snap and the blip. Right. The snap awakens them. So there's no responsibility for prior events. They've been Perfect. going around their business separated. Their minds are blocked like older Angelina Jolie. The snap awakens them out of their mind soup. And mm-hmm. then the blip is what starts the event that they've got to get involved with. It's that a makes simple, sense. simple canonic cure to the most convoluted and diluted and fucking ridiculously self-explanatory scripts you will ever encounter. I mean, I've just thought of that, mate. Give me a job. Marvel, me, Tara, I was going to say, how does me that Me Marvel, not- Tara. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Is that> baby. <laughs> Does that not come up? Sorry, Tim. Let's not forget Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, yeah, Tim. How's it, how's it going, baby? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Your too, turn. Tell me you love so him empty. for fuck's sake. If you I, don't I say no, I think you don't love him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know emotionally you can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's our Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say like that like I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, Tim, I hope you're listening. I love you, baby. Tarvin loves you too, although she's a bit I shy do. tonight. I am being shy. You made me shy all of a sudden. Now I'm going to say it wrong. And I but anyway, the point of this is Marvel. Three people here <laughs> that are ready and waiting that have better ideas than the fucking great lump of shit that you employed to do this. Oscar or no Oscar, she did not do a good job, and I can assure you we will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hope the right people are listening. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Back to the characters, Tara. Was there any individual one that you liked the best? Were there any redeeming characters? Mm. Anyone that had a positive influence on this theatrical release of cinema? Well, I guess if I had to pick one, Cersei pops to my mind first. You still can <laughs> justify it, I, yeah, I am. I didn't say it was going to be easy. What if I, talk, <laughs> what if I said to you the name Karun? Well, then I would have to think hard because I would be, that's, that's what Nanjiani's out for it. It's his, his assistant. His, he was his, fantastic. His he was Alfred, so he stole every scene he was in. So, he was so good. I hope he, he gets a boost. Wonderful. And especially if they do something with the fact that he seemed to have been Sprite's guardian when she, yeah, yeah, did what happened at the end. So, what do you think about the whole Sprite situation? Because it's it poses some questions. Because it, this is just you know theoretical discussion, but right. the age of consent is because of maturity and not physicality, right? right? Because, right. but it's about having the emotional maturity. And she's to had 7,000 years of emotional yeah. maturity and th- in the body th- of a team. I think it would be a very brave studio if they went with that. But that, the torment of it, I think was the, the one emotional connection I had to this cast. I couldn't tell the difference between her frustration with her situation mm. and whether she was actually jealous of. Cersei's relationship with Icarus because I felt like she had a crush on him that went beyond the way she looked up to the other strong male figures in the group. With this, that we had somebody that was fully rendered, that was um, no one person is one thing to all people, but something resonated with me. Every single person that knows you has a different concept of what you are. No one person, you are a hundred different people to different people. Is this where I sing I'm every woman? (laughs) I mean, it depends if you can sing. I mean, if you can sing, go for it. But I'd rather you didn't if you can't. (laughs) Well, now I'm not going to let you hear me. (laughs) I mean, mean, take the risk, mate. It's up to you, isn't it? You know what I mean? (laughs) If you feel confident in it. Well, I did until you started all that. But I have been paid money to sing before in public. Oh, really? of course, I thought you knew that. We haven't gotten to I that. I did not know that. But now no. I do. The next yes. time I will be confirming you find a and whole reassuring. new way to put me on the spot. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm so glad I gave that to you. But, um, but yeah, now I forgot what I was saying because I'm frightened. First of all, with the deviants, I thought they looked terrible. I didn't think the CGI was any good. I think Ultron looked better for similar graphics. I mm-hmm. don't know when the why they went down the whole technological route. I've heard people say that the Eternals were robots. I still can't understand still can't where that comes into it. In no point did that become evident to me, despite the amount of breakdowns I've watched. It just does not resonate with me at all. No. And I think that one of the biggest problems of this is the is the villainy. I think that we switch from the deviants. And one of the things, one of the tropes that really fucking annoys me in, in comic book films in general, except for Nolan's Batman, mm-hmm. that you have in the opening scenes of every film, 
unless it's an established IP, let's say origin story, mm-hmm. you have run-of-the-mill goons that pose impossible, impossibly disproportionate difficulty to subdue. But yet by the final scene, the central heroes or protagonists are swatting them like flies. And I think this is one of the problems that this film has in general, that there's a scale of grandeur of the characters that is subliminally accepted, but there's no scale of force. I think this is something whereby in the flashbacks, if one of them swatted Thanos away, all of a sudden you understand the the scale of power of the Eternals and the scale of power of the Deviants. All we sort of have is either one of the mill power Deviants and Eternals, or we have expansive threats from Eternals and Deviants. But because it's like for like, and in the beginning they have the same thing, well, we can't really beat them, we need to run away. But then at the end, right. they're all going one-on-one two, three weeks later. That Right, you can't have it that way. I can't remember how I got onto this again. What was I talking about, Tara? Come on, help me out. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track of time. Unlike this film, this has flown by. And I've enjoyed every second. <laughs> if the film had gone by this easily, I never would have fallen asleep. No, I would have taken my trousers off and offended a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> you want I can't even tell you how alone I was in my part of the movie theater if I wanted to offend oh. someone. But... <laughs> no, I, I sat on, I like to sit real close. Like, so it's like, it, it kind of like swallow, the screen swallows you. So you feel that's like you're being I, That's exactly in, where in I the, was. Yeah. I fucking love it though. Like it's on top like of Like it you. was wrapped all around me. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like a really spiky, disease ridden quilt. <laughs> I was, was going to say a really comfy weighted blanket, but okay. No. <laughs> You this is, this is scorpion claws and snake venom all the way. <laughs> righty then. Other than that, we're in the exact same place. Well, no, but, actually, uh, I think you're actually closer because it was a fucking snooze fest, whereas my snakes, <laughs> snakes venom and scorpion claws is, is going to do nothing but render you unconscious. Maybe we're both going down the right track. <laughs> right? We are going to be both unconscious and going into well, other rooms to get away. Can we get back to Sprite? <laughs> do you mind if we speak yes, a little we bit can. more about Sprite? I mean, I, I do. I, I want to say something else about her too, actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we haven't purred in a while. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now you may forget what I was going to say. Yeah, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> the part where she. Would anybody like a muffin? <laughs> <laughs> it's your muffin yes. button. <laughs> Like that song I told you about. Okay, yes, maybe so... some herbal remedies. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, so the scene where she's at the party that we both loved. I'm gonna try and like not yeah, look yeah, at yeah, you yeah. until I pull it together. And she puts her hand down, and the man touches her hand. Yeah. And her yeah. Yeah. her eternal filaments start to show, and she says, yeah. and he says, "What am What am I seeing?" And she says, "You've had too much to drink." Yeah. And then she runs away. So that solves the, that's why she can't adult she wants to be. That's that's the question we couldn't answer the other day when we were talking about it. If yeah, anyone yeah. touches her, she's in trouble, but that's what she wants. In she group. wants to be touched like an adult. She doesn't just want to have adult yeah. right. I think, let's I be think honest. Something <laughs> that is overtly sexual as this is that, yeah. It's one thing talking about the moralistic sort of enterprise of the discussion, but mm-hmm. it's another thing 
saying that somebody else is actually going to find that attractive. I do know but what you mean. I think there's like there's one thing, the moralistic virtue of it and feeling, you know, acutely sympathetic for, for right. Sprite and her disposition. But then right. immediately you'd look at that dude and go, what are you doing, mate? It's wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Probably like one of the biggest moral dilemmas that has been proposed. That single character has as much sophistication as the rest of the film put together. Yeah, this is one of those situations where the more we talk about it, the more I agree with what you're saying, because she does have more dimension in that way, even though she also, well, maybe this gives her more points too. She had more ability to piss me off than almost anyone in the film too. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah. The whole point of the film is it was supposed to be more human and more emotionally dependent. All that converted to me was miserable and a downcast, you know, both mm-hmm. visually and emotionally. <laughs> On top of that, <laughs> uh, let's not, I'm not going to talk anymore about Sprite. I like her. She okay. was my favorite. I liked the character. I wouldn't say she was my favorite. But I think, she was memorable. Yeah, she was memorable. I think she was Don't the most. Don't forget impa- who she is. The ever. most impacting character, I would say. I would because- agree with that. Yeah but I felt like her powers look good. And I feel like the restriction of all the others is that we've seen it all before. We've seen Doctor Strange conjure things out the end. We've seen what Superman looks like. And again, by name checking it and making it obvious, doesn't excuse it. Uh, Nanjiani, when he was just getting those little balls, I was like, dude, you're dead in a second. Like, for fuck's sake, that is the most pussy old power i have ever seen I mean, take your shirt off while you're at it yeah yeah take your shirt off get your dick and get out a and have some proper ball. fucking yeah <laughs> show us your balls mate not those fucking poxy little gold things and then they had the audacity for him to do a hard duking and what i wanted to see was that big fucking flash that was like overhead high it was engulfing his feet and then we yes. just get the whole like push but he did it and it was kind of like trying to pass gallstones the way it came out. <laughs> That's so like he looked, he, true. He, he looked anguished and then it just dropped <laughs> out. And that whole thing about him being a descendant was just so fucking weak. Again, it was yeah. just... And he was so bad at Bollywood. Like, I live in Leicester. Leicester is is renowned for being multicultural. I grew... I didn't grow up because I lived in Wales, but when I came back for a lot of holidays, so I was here maybe four, four months of the year. My okay. friends across the road were Indian families. I had an early introduction. It was just normal place for me. It wasn't as if like anyone's any different. Right. Not that I have to justify that, but what I mean is like it was just something that I grew up with. It was second nature. And I saw a lot of Bollywood in the same way mm-hmm. that my friend across the road showed me a lot of martial arts and horror films. Right. And he was whack. They slowed that shit down by a power of 10. It was, he should have spent less time in the fucking gym and more time rehearsing his dance moves. Or get he said he was very act- stiff and he couldn't do it. But it's practice, dude. Like strictly I know, dancing like, or dancing with the stars. No, no, no. You're right. If they're not going to take it's your repetition. shirt off, go dance. Right. Take your shirt off and dance. <laughs> right. Nanjiani. What are you wasting my time for? You've done the weights. Marvel have told you you're getting too big for your character. Nobody wants to see a Thor. <laughs> no one's looking for the next. Well, we want to see a Thor, but not. I yeah. want to see it. <laughs> I do. I'm signing up with you. For Come that. gut his et out. That's we've discussed. With him, he's just one of these dudes. He is always Nanjiani, irrespective right. of the character. He's That's the softly spoken, sardonic element, a lovable guy that tries too hard in every everything he does and we needed that comedy but 
we also needed him to to rise to the level of the rest of it we don't need a tight close-up during the dance scene we don't no. need you know what i mean if you're gonna no. have the power have the power you know don't just be sardonic and again the best part of him and and the whole film was was it kanal kamal yes kamal something like that karan karan oh karan. both karan so oh, Tara, sorry. the best thing about him and the whole film. Me with the Indian name over here, messing up his name. Was, okay. He was on um like Coronation Street here, which was like EastEnders. That's why he looked familiar. Okay. But, but like like 20, 30 years ago, like he was an old man when he made his breakthrough in English TV. And I just loved the fact that this dude from no, can you imagine? Like nobody, there's nobody that doesn't know how big the MCU is. It was the antithesis to Ben Kingsley role in Shang-Chi, where he mm. outstayed his welcome. Despite the fact I love the character, I was never against him in Iron Man 3. I think he served a purpose. When you accept the role that he did, it was a great performance of what he was supposed to do. I get it. You wanted the Mandarin. It's not the Mandarin. But for what it was, great. Shang-Chi, he was great. But he outstayed his welcome. This dude could not have outstayed his welcome. I just no, no loved way. everything that he was in. Every couldn't scene. get enough of them. Yeah, could not get enough of them. I wish he had been had been introduced earlier in the movie. Because subordination, but it's done knowingly and not calculated. But he's just like, this is just easy, and it's just how I get along, sort mm -hmm. of thing. He did make it look easy, and it's it's not it's not easy. There wasn't yeah. anything that anyone was doing that was easy, but he made it look like he was just being himself. Although. Somehow. Being in a cast with almost no reputation is probably a lot easier than being dropped into an Iron Man film. <laughs> oh. Well, it's not. Well, they don't have a Did reputation they... together, but they each have their own reputations, don't they? I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, I know. I, you don't I, have I, to I, agree I, with me. I was being facetious, but I know. At, I'm sorry. At any at any point, <laughs> did you think to yourself, this is starting to feel a little bit like Inhumans? Um, did you watch Inhumans? No, that's why I can't say that it's. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it felt like that conceptually because Inhumans was abhorrent. It is by far and worse. I mean, that was just written off. Like, no one even talks about it. It doesn't exist. Everyone's forgot about it. There's a mutual agreement between anyone that, that made it, the, the, the dudes in charge. Everyone just says that's, that doesn't matter. It didn't happen. Okay. But by the end of this, I don't know if. I want to see these characters again. You see, I didn't feel that way about the characters. I just felt about them appearing that way together again and trying to do that big of a thing together again. Yeah, so they definitely need to peel off or do some origin stories. Or I still want, I still want a TV show. I I don't want a big. Yeah, I think that would be the sensible thing. Wasn't didn't you think it was weird? And this is just the whole thing about the congested cast that. McCarvey was in a spaceship and you didn't realize she wasn't on screen until the end when she was shown to be in a spaceship reading books. That and was I thought, bizarre. Is this a deaf joke? Because she couldn't hear anything. She was just sat there <laughs> reading books. Is this just bad take? Like, is this a bad take? Like, I'm on board with it because nobody's exempt from Some having the piss taken out of her. The fact that it was a deaf girl that's been tucked away and didn't know that everything was going well, on around her. She was such her. a good character. The irony of it is, I found the, the sign language jarring. <clears throat> and this is just me, how I reacted to it. It mm. took me a while to get used to subtitles, but you're constantly in subtitles. Like, everything stopped while the signing was happening. Now, I'm not saying that should disqualify deaf actresses. Mm. The inclusiveness of this film was absolutely its biggest strength. It's kind of like a football manager that's only just moved to England. 
and he says what he says, and then the interpreter, then the interpreter translates. And they have to wait. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't kill them to do it simultaneously because it's not live. It's because scripted. it's not a, right since it's a movie and it's not real life. Now I didn't notice that as much because just like the Bollywood experience was more organic to your childhood, the sign language experience was more organic to my childhood. Right. Because right, right. my mother worked in special ed and they took. Yep. ASL every American Sign Language every morning before work and so I was around a lot more people doing that regularly so that didn't it, it's funny I didn't even notice it until you said it the pause yeah I feel like it was an essential element of the film but it just needs to be done better like especially a lot of things, if they're supernatural beings why not exactly exactly why not exactly. have them have that much power there are so many things that were attempted but they didn't do right if you wanted to put a theme without it being, you know, love and hate or war or man against the world or man against himself, the theme of this film is you tried, but you didn't. Ooh, that sums it right up. Wow. That explains the feeling we both had walking out of the movie theater, too. Exactly. Exactly. Or staggering out and wondering where I was going to finish my nap. How do you feel about this then in terms of the future of the MCU? I actually did stop to think about that from two different angles. One, because of a conversation that you and I had, well, not just you and I, you and Tim had that I heard. So in my mind, I was with you when we were talking about what it would take to make a blockbuster in the wake of the pandemic. Mm. I can't say post-pandemic because we're not really post-pandemic. So in the wake of it, um, how it's not going to be the same as it was before in terms of how much money you can make off anything at one given moment right i just don't think we've had a good enough film yet i think well, Spi- I, I think, think you're right about that spider-man I think, might be it, movie. I think spider-man might make a billion i, I hope it is i hope that it does if it's but, good if it's good yeah. then that that will that will that will break if, the bank and make bank if half the rumors are true then we might make it but, I, th- but. I think that's what it has against it, actually. I think there's so much anticipation that people mm, will be like, but it's going to be hard to. Fuck Sony, give it, give it back to Marvel. It's like there's no giving it back. They own it. They bought it. You break right. it, you bought it. Marvel broke it. <laughs> Sony bought it. That's, you've got a point. You've got a point there. But I still think that the power of it is more in what could be picked out of it and used more properly than it was used. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely yeah. see the value in it as as being um, not not to make it sound like a chop shop or something, but like what could you take away from this and turn it into? It's the first time I didn't care. The first time I was doing it because I used to buy the tickets the day of pre-sale. I used to get, and we're not just talking Endgame. We're talking like Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Midnight yeah. Show on the Thursday. And this is when I was still employed, when I was doing freelance work and I was, Sometimes I'm to do 100 mile round trip. I know in America, like 100 <coughs> miles a day travel ain't that big, but here it's like quarter of the fucking length of the country or the height of the country. Yeah, you better fucking believe it, mate. You see how my tone's changed. You know, you're Americans yeah. with your big distances. Yeah, how lucky you are. <laughs> you don't moan about the size of your country when you're fucking picking up gold medals, do you? <laughs> 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 or your cheap air travel with the debt. <laughs> 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 I mean, all we do here, we have a few Welshmen shagging sheep, and you know, the whole world goes to pot. <laughs> the comfort, the excitement did not help me. I was excited. Whatever. Yeah. It didn't help me. It's like the same scene you did. 
I've been cold on the MCU since three onwards. I don't think for me there's been back to back because of how good Phase Two was and retrospectively mm. how brilliantly put together Phase One was. That when it got to Phase Three, it was a lot of sequels of things that worked, and it's different being the first, but it's harder being the best. When you replicate a formula, that's when it really becomes a thing. I think whereas before we had the production triumvirate of of Desposito, of Alonso and Feige, now they're spread so thin. In the production of Eternals, all of a sudden I was hearing about someone called Nate Moore, who was one of the producers on Black Panther. But I mean, let's face it, when you're having an auteur with a vision like with Ryan Coogler, that's an easy gig to pick up. But with this, now I know who Nate Moore is. He's the guy that's having to attend these things while Feige plays janitor on set. I don't think fatigue is ever a thing because you never can have too much of a good thing. The problem Mm -hmm. is, is when it's not good. That's not fatigue. That's tempering quality. Problem with Marvel Studios is they ain't Disney, they ain't Pixar. If this stops working, they're fucked. They can't they diversify their content. No. No, it's not like you can spread out into more that is Marvel. There isn't, unless they reinvent what that means, there isn't anything yeah. else. Possible to reinvent it. There's room to reinvent it, but it hasn't been done yet. Is Pip the Troll the worst CGI you've seen <laughs> since the crocodiles in the 1994 <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger film Eraser? I think you might be onto something there. And I think that <laughs> the Patton Oswald deserves so much more that it made me angry. His voices, it's so embedded in the culture. It's like people squealed for Harry, I was going to say Kane, Styles. Styles. Harry Kane makes sense to me, but yeah, but that's because you schooled me. (laughs) Nobody, nobody cares about Eros. It's kind of like Pip the Troll. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that it was Patton Oswald. Maybe a problem for both of us for this. His voice being the voice in the other great film we were we happened to be talking about in a totally separate context the other day. That's sorry to bother you. Then maybe that's why you feel like you've had too much of his voice. What's the thing he does with the dude from Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh, oh, oh. It's my dick. Oh, that's so good. It is really good. But even but if I that, really it, love him. I'm not sick of him. I love what he does in that, but it's still just Pat and Oswald. So it took you out of your... But I just I just moment. instantly, because the CGI was so shit, I immediately yeah. just went... That was a bigger I don't, I don't believe that, and that's uh, Pat and Oswald. Yeah. They've got to do better on it. It's straightforward. They need him to find a voice character, and they need to do better on the CGI, which they will. I don't think when that hits Disney+, Plus, that's CGI that we'll see. I think you're right about that, but I, I'm going to put my money on this one. I think he could rise to the occasion and be more mm. than just a doofus. Okay. No, I just want to close this off with a few science things. A few science mm-hmm. things. Newton's second law says for every action has an equal and opposite reaction. If Not you this. think about when you launch on a trampoline... Mm-hmm. When you duck down to spring, the trampoline depresses before you jump. You push down so you can get up. You've got a 300-mile-high mass coming out the centre of the Earth. When Doesn't he stands sense. up, it's pushing the Earth equally an opposite force. 
his mass is almost as big as the Earth's mass. So all you're doing is projecting himself and the Earth out of orbit in equal and opposite directions. Second thing is when whatever the, whatever the, uh, is it celestials? Celestials are going to say sentinel. When that sentinel appears looming over Earth, Uh celestial, yeah. (laughs) When it appears looming over Earth, not only is it going to disrupt the gravitational geochronous orbit of the moon around the Earth, Earth around the sun because of its mass, and why we have tides. Complicated as hell. And it's very complicated. But when you introduce a mass that big, if you think that's what the moon does, but you have something with the equal mass of the Earth, all the water pulling over the whole of the Earth's landmass to one side of the Earth. That, That in itself is a catastrophic totalitarian event that kills every but if you think of what they were talking about with Sokovia when Ultron dropped it out of the sky if you're right. going to do the science do the science right don't him, just half-ass it him appearing then destroys the earth as it is yeah with Infinity War at least they had people on board they had the guys from Rick and Morty was it Justin mm-hmm. Boylan the acceptable forms of science the populist forms of science what things they could get with for a film to be this poor that is so impacting on future events, it really sticks in the pit in my stomach. It's so poor. And then in the last 20 minutes of postscript, but now this film is going to tell you everything about what's coming. Let's have a 20 minute advert. Mm-hmm. Fine. I now look back on Envy of Age of Ultron. In hindsight, it's a perfectly <laughs> strange predictive text of what was coming in the MCU. And it did it, it drip fed it throughout. It's a little bit jarring at the time, but when you watch it now in hindsight, this just went, okay, we're done with the film, now watch it for 20 more minutes and we're going to tell you what everything's going to come and then we're going to be in the spaceship and now it's Star Fox and now it's Put the Troll and now afterwards it's going to be, oh, that voice that you heard, yeah, that's Blade, but you couldn't tell that it was Blade, but what's going to happen now is it's going to be Blade. Do you like Blade? I like Blade. Everybody likes Blade. Do you hear Blade voice? <laughs> All right, now we've got Black Knight, Black Knight, Black Knight, this guy from Game of Thrones. Fucking hell, guys. Take a breath and just save it for the next film. What we're getting now is like a TV series. Same with Squid Game. They say, it was like we had the first episode of season two at the end of season one. And I felt like yeah. that's what this was. I agree with you on that. So thank you very much for coming, Tara. Our, <laughs> our established and non-serviced <laughs> member of the M-Pod. <laughs> very valued. <laughs> Good to be with you again. So definitely soon. not new. Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but no, in all serious, thank you very much for making yourself available. Thank you very much for your contributions. I'd like to say goodbye to our avid <laughs> listeners. Well, do you want me to say goodbye to them? Is that what you said? Yeah, please do. Well, thank you, everyone who's listening. Not only thank you for listening, but but what Matt said earlier was exactly true. If you found, if you heard all the different places that we are and you haven't found time to like us or give us something, leave us a little mm-hmm. note, you really should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Tell them to fuck off, Tara. If they made it to this point and they've done it, say Do you really off. want me to? Yeah, I want to say off. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off, you cunts. <laughs> I can't say the C word. <laughs> I love you guys, honestly. If that, bit, if that little repertoire at the end of it ain't changing my mind, I don't know what will. Come on. <laughs> hit the like. Hit subscribe. Follow us wherever you're listening. And I think that leaves me one thing to say. We have been, and this is, the end. <laughs>